Welcome to Environmentality, a podcast for current environmental news, lectures, and interviews with the experts. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Let's dive on in. And now, here's your brief update on what's been happening to the planet from around the world. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Environmentality News. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Just have a few short, quick news updates for you, and you can get on with your week. All right, so a recent poll just came out from Southwest News Service that surveyed 2,000 Americans about relationships and eco-friendliness. And the survey is showing actually some really unique, interesting data about a strong relationship between eco-friendliness and datability. Here are just some of the quick key results from the survey. 69% of participants in the survey said that being environmentally friendly is considered to be an attractive trait in a partner. 55% said that if they were dating someone that was a climate change denier, that that would be a deal breaker for them and the relationship. 32% admitted to eco-shaming their partner and and about a third of the partners that had been eco-shamed actually ended up changing some of their habits. There you go. That's one way to be effective. And lastly, 20% have actually broken up with their partner because they were not eco-friendly enough. So what does all this mean? Well, if you're having trouble getting people to swipe right on your profile page, perhaps reduce your meat consumption and don't deny climate change. Our next study comes to us from UC Davis, where a recent study that was just published reveals that 410 species of animals may be susceptible to SARS-CoV-2, also known as coronavirus. The research team investigated the presence of the main cellular receptor for the virus, known as ACE2, in a whole slew of species. The ACE2 protein can be found in the epithelial cells or the cells on the surface of your nose, mouth, and lungs. And in humans, a particular sequence of 25 amino acids are critical for the virus to bind with these cells and cause the coronavirus infection. So by using genetic material from animals that was provided by local zoos across California, scientists searched for this 25 amino acid sequence that again is critical in the ACE2 protein to determine the susceptibility of coronavirus for these animals. Animals with all 25 amino acids were determined to be highly susceptible, while other animals that were missing particular amino acids were deemed a lower risk. Some of the high risk for infection species include the western lowland gorilla, Samachan orangutan, and the northern white-cheeked gibbon, along with marine mammals such as gray whales and bottlenose dolphins. What was interesting when we think about it from a conservation perspective, 40% of the high-risk species are classified as threatened on the IUCN red list for endangered species. Medium-risk animals included cats, cattle, and sheep, while low-risk animals are dogs, horses, and pigs. Of course, the authors state the limitations of this study as it's just genetic theoretical data, and for these susceptibilities to really be confirmed, additional experimental data is required. Furthermore, in documented cases with animals, the coronavirus seems to be playing with more receptors than just the ACE2 protein, so there may be other factors involved in determining susceptibility to the disease. Needless to say, more research needs to be done in order to provide valuable information on how best to protect these species, especially ones that are threatened in the wild and are held in captivity. Our last story comes to us from the northwest coast of Australia, where some of the world's 
healthiest reefs are now starting to show signs of bleaching. Coral bleaching is the process when the symbiotic photosynthetic algae that lives within the coral leaves. This leaves the coral more or less helpless in terms of sequestering food for consumption. Eventually, the coral will die unless the algae returns. Bleaching occurs typically under stressful conditions, either increased temperatures in the ocean or increased acidification, both of which are happening as a result of climate change as fossil fuels are burnt, warming the planet, but also release CO2 into the atmosphere that then gets absorbed by the ocean, increasing the acidification of the oceans. So as climate change progresses, we're seeing more and more bleaching occur. Typically on the eastern coast, we've seen massive bleaching events all the time, where a lot of the southern portion of that reef is now effectively dead. On the western coast of Australia, though, these reefs have been more or less extremely healthy. And the Rolly Shoals reefs have been the kind of hallmark of reef conservation as they've been more or less immune to bleaching until this year. So scientists went up to go survey how much bleaching has occurred on the reef this year, and they came back showing that the reef had bleached about 20-30%. The good news is, is that 80% of the reef is still alive and very healthy. And scientists are anticipating a full recovery of this particular reef pending no further heat stress occurs in the coming years. Although this is good news for now, it serves as a testament that no reef nor no region of the globe is immune from the effects of climate change. All right, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Those are your three quick stories for the week. We'll see you here later this week for more news, lectures, and interviews with the experts. Have a great week, and get outside and enjoy that beautiful nature all around you.